Mindless Can, the podcast, with radio personality Jane Lindley Thomas and psychologist Paul Bushel. Because every act of kindness, no matter how big or small, can change lives. In this series, Jane and Paul hope to enrich your life by giving you practical tools on how to be kinder in your relationships with yourself, with those around you, at home, work, and in your community. Cheery salutations and welcome to this episode in the Kindness Can podcast series with myself, Jane and Lee Thomas. And myself, Paul Bushel. It's that time of the year where all sorts of new beginnings and people trying to figure out what those new beginnings are, whether it's starting a new course and choosing what that course is or hitting the real world, Jane, and looking for employment and struggling through unemployment, I suppose. And that's quite a specific experience and it can bring up a lot of confusing and heavy and worried and sometimes sad feelings for people. I can imagine that is very fear-based stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing starting a new job, exciting, that's a new beginning. Yeah. But going into a new year and not having or feeling like you have any prospects, I can only assume the self-talk, um, the feeling of depression and deflated, and uh, not having a purpose, knocking on doors and not getting an answer mm. time and time again. I mean, that, that takes resilience. Yeah. And I suppose, against we, we live in a very specific employment context in South Africa with some of the highest unemployment rates in, in the world. And so you're going into the system or you're going out into this environment and that's already just been drummed into you. And I'm sure that brings up a lot of very real and imagined fear for people, which is hard to hold and hard to know what to do with. So we know that thoughts lead to feelings and feelings lead to behavior. So here we sit I'm 18 or whatever I am, and I'm entering the job market for the first time, even as a graduate. Okay, here I am. I'm entering the job market for the first time. I've worked really hard, and I, f- I start to have these thoughts. What if? What if nothing comes? What if I don't get employed? How am I going to do this? Naturally and understandably, the feeling that starts to follow that is anxiety and fear. And the longer that emotion lasts and the heavier it becomes, it's easy to slump into quite a sad emotion. Thoughts lead to feelings and feelings lead to behavior. And I suppose that's where you and I come in. So as much as we can understand those thoughts and we can understand these feelings, I think it's really important that we reflect on what we choose to do with them. How do we choose to react in these moments? And I think it's so important to say to you listening out there that you do have the ability to hold those feelings. You You don't have to be ruled and governed by them. You have the ability to hold them, and you do have the ability to make choices with what you want to do with them. Yeah. I don't know if that that makes sense, right? of course it makes sense. And I mean, in the game of trying to be employed where you feel like you have no control because you arrive at a job interview, you give your heart and soul, you have a good feeling, and then maybe they don't phone back. Or they do phone back and you haven't got the job. But there's certain things that we are in control of as people. So that resilience, I keep going back to it of, okay, I didn't get that right. Okay, I've been to five job interviews. I get it. I mean, especially when you're trying to chase a career that is your purpose. I mean, I remember setting my intention at six years old to get into East Coast Radio. I said to my father, I will be on East Coast Radio. It was many, 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 many years until I arrived outside East Coast Radio. And it was knocking on doors. And I've got a saying in our family, the squeaky door gets the oil. Hmm. You know, nothing is ever going to be handed to you. And that's where I sometimes worry with children in particular and some adults where there's this kind of sense of entitlement. 
So, for example, I get inundated with emails. Oh, I love music. I'd love to be a DJ. I'm like, wow, it's so much more than that. It's loving people enough to hold space for them and unpack their stories in a kind and not judgmental way. It's being able to deal with people that are difficult. It's it's more of a kind of a public service than a career. Well, that's how I've always felt of it. It's you know, it's a people position. Um, or when your newsreader walks in and you say, and now over to da 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 for the news, and they're like, Angie, I need two more minutes, and you got to turn that <laughs> microphone on and you got to go there. Show goes on. The show goes on. So entitlement. Sometimes I also feel like also living in the day and age where things can happen overnight. It's kind of taken that gears for the drive. I think the media, uh, social media, in some way has created an expectation or an illusion that careers can just happen overnight by chance uh, and they can be big and bold. And and I don't think that that is always so good for people anyway uh, when it happens like that. And it's certainly not the norm for everyone. So I think it's about managing managing the expectation of myself and my career. So I always say you have to have high expectations for yourself because if you don't take yourself seriously, no one is, Right. So start to manage the narrative around you and you as a brand in a way that is positive, uh, balanced, and kind, and having very, very clear goals of, of what I want to achieve, realistic goals of, of what, what I want to achieve, and then, and then you work backwards from there. But it's really important as a backdrop to that whole conversation is to manage your expectations around the timing of that. It doesn't have to happen overnight. Richard Branson talks about having failed seven times before an idea or a business or a person becomes of real grit and real resilience. And so celebrating the fact that I knocked on all those doors and I didn't get it, but I can take learning from it. And I've grown through that experience and actually working in that job, which wasn't my dream job, but I did it because it was out of necessity or it was where I had to start. There's such value in that in you growing yourself and as a brand. So, so managing that expectation that I have to walk in and be the CEO tomorrow, I think that's incredibly unkind. I think that also is, if I'm thinking about someone that just wants to be able to generate income, Yeah, it's not even about having the idea of stepping into purpose and doing work. I mean, how many of us fit into a percentage that go to work and love what we do? And you yeah. and I are so... So lucky. lucky. And there's not one day that goes past that I don't get onto my knees and give thanks for my life. Mm. But if you're just wanting to get employed so that you can pay for someone's school fees, I mean, that's a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. That's a whole different um, experience of expectation. Sure. But again, we know the things that we are in control of. So if we look at things of the way in which we present ourselves. The way we show up. The way we show up. F- physically. Okay, so taking care of that and being conscious of that. So, and if you're feeling unsure about what's appropriate or inappropriate, and this is a, I think, a theme throughout probably what we're going to say today. If you don't know, ask. And if you feel lost, ask for directions, reach out. We know that making connections and seeking help is fundamental to growing resilience. So in terms of how should I show up? You know, what, how should I show up? How should I look? How should I be? Ask for help. Talk to people. Uh, read stuff about it. And I think that that's really, really important, the way that we show up in these interviews. So I think that 
that again is just going back to points in this like very uncharted landmine mental space, right? You know, I was actually just thinking about it now when I'd qualified and then I was lucky enough to, to go work in Japan uh, for two years. And when I came back to South Africa, I started putting my CV out there thinking I wanted to be employed and I want to get a job. I want to use the skills that I gained. And it was probably one of the hardest experiences of my life because I think I sent my CV out hundreds and hundreds of times. And the amount of times I just got no reply. It wasn't even like, thanks for your, thanks for your CV. There was just silence, radio silence. And my headspace around that became so complicated. It was so tempting. Uh, more than tempting, it became. It became very personalized. Mm. I started to question myself. I started to question my worth. I started to question where I was going to fit into all of this. And I, and I actually, that conversation started turning into something really degrading. Mm. And of course, that brought up a whole bunch of feelings, mm-hmm. which unfortunately, I think for a moment, started reflecting in my behavior. Of course. So I stopped sending CVs out. I stopped knocking on doors. I withdrew. In some ways, I started to reflect some of the the telltale signs of probably being quite depressed, not caring about myself, not caring about the way that I showed up to certain things. And and then you get stuck in, in that cycle. So I think as much as I'm by no means saying that it's a, a simple situation to find yourself in, especially when it feels so desperate, desperate. Yeah. Okay. But managing your self-talk around that is so, so important. Being conscious of it and catching yourselves and saying, whoa. I'm over-personalizing this. The fact that they didn't reply to my CV is not a reflection of me because they don't even know me. They don't know me. All they're seeing is a thousand pieces of paper in front of them. And I don't even know the criteria that they're using to sift through those pieces of paper. And maybe it's like in relationships or like online dating, for example, you know, when you get a swipe right and you're kind of like, hmm, what's that all about? But you know, the other person, you're just not their vibe. It's not their type. Online dating is another conversation for another day. I don't know how. But it's that that whole thing. So being quite conscious of the fact that sometimes I'm just not the right fit for that place. And as desperate as the growing feeling might become, balancing that out the whole time. Because the more you make it over-personalized, deeper you're going to dig that hole for you. I'm also a true believer that if you want something, go and get it. And it ve- it's very simple for me, that kind of mindset. So, for example, I said when I was six, I wanted to get into East Coast Radio, but it was only much later after I had uh, finished at the Waterfront Theatre School, and by I mean finishing, just copped out after a year, uh, and went and got a waitressing job because my folks were like, well, you've now got a place in Cape Town, who's paying the rent? And I was like, eh. And they were like, off you go. And I would do double shifts. Take my nose ring out. Put on the royal blue jeans, never worn jeans since, and you work for 12 hours serving fries and burgers yep. and onion rings, yep. and then at the end of your shift, I'm going to take your money from you and pay for the rent. My mom said the hardest thing she's ever done, but it was so good for me. But when I realized that I was serious about getting into the radio industry, I was vulnerable, and I ended up sitting outside an office that belonged to a station manager for an in-store radio station in Cape Town, and asked to meet him, and I was like, I don't have any experience, but I'm willing to do anything just to get in. And it's that kind of hunger that you can't teach someone to be hungry. So if you really want to get employed, the only thing that's stopping you from being employed is yourself. Sure. And that's a pretty bold statement, yep. looking at the unemployment rate. Yep. But I really, really, really believe that if you want that job, go inside the office. Yep. I'm that kind of girl. And be prepared to get stuck in. 
Um, so it's a great story of a friend of mine who's gone on to be, yeah, she, she got where she wanted to be, but she had an opportunity when she was 16 to go spend time with someone who was really successful in the industry that she wanted to get into. And off she went and she was so excited thinking, this is it. I'm in. I've made it. I've made it. You know what she did for the week or two weeks that she was there? She walked the dog. She said she arrived at work. And she got given the lead and she was told to take the dog for a walk. And she did that twice a day and she made a bunch of coffee in between that. And she said it was one of the, the most important experiences of her career, actually, because she realized that you just need to get stuck in. Uh, mm. And nothing actually is beneath you when you are working through getting the experience you need to become the CEO, if that's what your your dream is. So I think we've got to be prepared to roll our sleeves up sometimes and say, you know what? I'm going to start here. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm working towards that. And there's no shame in that. And doing it for free. Yeah. Doing it for free. I A lot of my career before I got into East Coast Radio was for free. Yeah. Not only did it show the people that I was surrounding myself with that I was serious about this, and it wasn't about the money because it never was, but it was about showing up and getting stuck in. Yeah. At all costs, at any cost. Absolutely. So I think it's about managing your your mindset, so your expectations of how this is going to unfold and be open to the fact that I've got to start where I am and it might take time for me to get where I need to be. But I know where it is. Then managing your self-talk around the rejection and the knocks along the way. Affirmations are great. Affirmations, okay. Um, not over-personalizing it or over-generalizing that experience. Asking for help mm. when you need it. Mm getting stuck in. Um, if you are someone who who is going for an interview, I love this. I was reading about a study that they did around the things that we do with our body uh, and how that affects our mental state. And it was people who were, who were applying for a job and going for a job interview. And they split the group in half and they were all applying for the same job by the same interview panel, getting asked the same questions. Half the group were told to cross their arms over their chest, okay, and lean down towards their knees, so to curl up in a sense. And the other half of the group uh, were told to stand upright and put their legs uh, hip-width apart and put their hands on their hips and stand like that before they went in for the interview. You know, 100% of the people who were the second group who were standing in what we call a power pose in a sense we're more successful in that interview because we trick our brain in a sense sometimes with the things that we do with our body. So when we're assuming uh, gestures or positions or we're making certain facial expressions or gestures with our body, our brain picks up on that and it takes its lead. So somehow I'm curling up. I must be in danger. I must be afraid in some way. Those chemicals are released and it becomes our reality. Thoughts lead to feelings. Feelings become our behavior. And that's how we perform in the interview. Mm. So I think being conscious of that as well. So if you are uh, trying to enter into a space uh, or you are in a space already and you're trying to prove yourself, um, even just at home, being conscious of that, that I want to, yeah, I want to use my body in positive, assertive ways. I want to stand tall and be proud of, of me. Before we go, a quick question. What did you want to do when you were a kid? What was your aspiration? I wanted to be like a game ranger for a while, really? like a vet. Can you, you look imagine? Good in camo, though. Hey? <laughs> <laughs> that phase passed on quite quickly. Um, 
So again, where, where are we going with this? No, I'm just asking. Yeah, game Ranger Paul. For me, <laughs> it was either a cashier, yeah, or an actress. Yeah, I had such a desire to ring people's things up. So yeah. I love shopping. So I think I've hung on to that, and I'm in radio, so it's a type of theatre. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. And then my first actual real job that I got was at a shoe store, ringing up yeah. people's shoes, which is a yeah. passion of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, go well. We love you so very much, and. Uh, we're here. If you want to drop us an email, info at kindnesscan.co.za. Uh, we offer corporate team building. Uh, we also do workshops and campaigns, uh, school staff, parent and learner development, learner EQ development sessions, digital media campaigns. We're busy and we'd love to get involved with you. www.kindnesscan.co.za. Take care. Lots of love. You've been listening to Kindness Can, the podcast. Find out more at kindnesscan.co.za.